What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Dwight Chocolate Podcast. This week, it's we're starting things off with NBA 2K news. Yeah. Because of the lack of actual news in the NBA, we got to turn to the virtual world for some news for this week. Some, some good At least stuff, for the majority though. part of I, it. I, I like these 2K yeah. ratings, man. I like how they're releasing them like over time, building up some hype for it. Um, so, yeah, actually, my fun fact for the week is based off the 2K ratings. Um, su- surprisingly, right. not surprisingly to us, maybe surprisingly to others, David Nwaba's 2K rating has already been released. Can you guess what it is? All right, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have something to confess. So, at first, I tried really hard not to find oh, out no. what it was, but I actually accidentally found oh, out what his shoot. rating is. I know you wanted to surprise me and make me guess what it is. I already know what it is. Well, it's a 71 for all the listeners out there. 71. Yeah. But I will say I was really surprised because when when I saw that you wanted me to guess what it is, (laughs) on my walk home, I was like, oh, I wonder what it could be. And I was going to give you, I was going to say a 68. Okay. That's pretty close. Yeah. But I, I, I think there's a huge... I mean, people who usually get under a 70, like these are guys who you're not the sixth man. You're usually like the eighth man off the bench, like the last guy in your in the standard rotation. Right. And for David Nova to get 71, I'm that means like he's pretty good. Like he's a decent player. Oh, definitely. Well, we, we believe that he's more than decent on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, 71 is definitely a solid starting point for him. Uh, he plays great defense. Yeah. He's got good athleticism. Obviously has his uh, parts of his game that he needs to work at, but uh, I think I think this is the start of something great here. Yeah. So, for people that are just tuning into our podcast for the first time, why don't you tell them why you have this huge, or why we have this huge loyalty towards this random <laughs> guy David Nova who was undrafted and has like a pretty modest NBA contract, like. Explain just a quick rundown why David Nwaba oh, of course. is something somebody we keep tabs yeah, on. Yeah, so David Nwaba, well, I sure hope you're listening to this podcast because we might be your biggest fans outside of your own family. <laughs> um, so I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in between the years of 2010 and 2014, and David Nwaba was on the Cal Poly basketball team in that time in that time period. And I mean, I I was never like going to a lot of games but like i'd go and they had some good guys and he was one of them and then like a few years later i come to find out that the lakers signed him to a 10-day contract i was like wait i've seen that guy play before he's the cal poly guy that's crazy (laughs) what i was like oh we have so i started watching all the laker games after that like i wasn't watching like any laker games that year last year because it's just so sad like nothing was going on yeah. like it was hopeless and then david demalba starts playing and i rooted for him so ridiculously every game i was like man look at that pass wow look at that dunk man look at that defense right oh it's so great and so now um me and my roommates we still live in san luis obispo and he's one of our favorite players in the nba Right. So it's a really Cinder- Cinderella story because he ended up with a 10-day contract and then it turned into a, a year contract. And, and then the Lakers extended it, but then they waived him. But now he's on the Chicago Bulls. So his NBA run continues. Right. So uh, for the listeners out there, uh, I'm going to spoil something. One of the main goals of this <laughs> podcast at this point is to get David Nwaba on the podcast for a Q&A. Right. I, I DM'd <laughs> him on Instagram last night 
still haven't heard back but we're gonna try to get that for you guys we're gonna try to get him on here for you listeners out there gotta cross our fingers (laughs) (laughs) well moving on from david nwaba we could talk about him forever i'm sure (laughs) but we gotta actually move on to to somebody that's actually pretty relevant in the nba and that's lebron james whose nba 2k rating just came out um and to no surprise he has the game high rating of 97 Mm. but a close second is Kevin Durant at 96. So according to NBA 2K, LeBron James is still the best player of the NBA, at least heading into this season. Do you agree with you agree with the guys out yeah, there? Yeah, I think that's completely fair. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. even just basing it off the finals, I think even a lot of Warriors fans would agree that LeBron had a ridiculous finals, you know? Like just averaging a mm-hmm. triple-double and while Durant was amazing and you can't really ask much more of him. I mean, it, it's one point. It's it's one point yeah. on the rating scale. It doesn't mean much, but, I mean, you just got to give it to LeBron. He's the king. Yeah, exactly, and I, I agree with it. I think he should – I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm not super familiar with the mathematical for, formulas they use over there at 2K, but I would agree LeBron James does is the best player in this game. But to see Durant at 96, I agree with that even more. Mm-hmm. I do think Kevin Durant is not that far off from – Maybe surpassing LeBron James. Maybe it could even happen at some point this season. Maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, completely. But man, it's crazy to think that LeBron's been in the league this long and his rating's still this high. Yeah, it is. I mean, like truly, as I feel like Kevin Durant's been is challenging him now for that, but he hasn't really been challenged, I guess, in, since Kobe. And even Kobe was like maybe like pre-Achilles injury or even like a couple years before that Achilles injury was Kobe really rivaling for that best player in the league yeah right title maybe I guess I would say maybe LeBron James was the best player in the league for since like maybe like 2012 2011 yeah I mean no one would really no one could say that's not an argument yeah but anyways there you go LeBron James is the game high for uh rating for 2k but some people aren't taking too kind to their rating. John Wall <laughs> tweeted, you a joke to uh, Ronnie 2K, um, quote unquote, one of the guys who has a lot who has a lot of brain thinking into creating the ratings for a lot of the players um, because he wasn't too happy with his 90 rating. What do you think? Do you think that's a fair rating or is John Wall? Man, does John Wall have a have a good reason to be angry at Ronnie 2K here? Oh, man. Well, so Kyrie Irving is also a 90. So. They're putting them on the same level. Um, mm-hmm. ah, it's it's so funny how much stake uh, the players are putting into these ratings. If if it yeah. maybe he's just joking, I don't know, but uh, I, I don't know. I think there's not much there. I I think a ninety is pretty fair for John Wall. Ninety is yep, super that's, good. That's... It's super good. A ninety is really he's a mm-hmm. good player, man. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe he thinks he deserves to be as good as LeBron. I think a 90 rating is fair for John Wall. Uh, if you get a 90, you're essentially a superstar. You're essentially already one of the top players in the game. Like, I mean, and John Wall fairly is, but I think 90 is fair for Mr. John Wall. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... For any, if anything, I actually think Kyrie Irving, 90, and I, I don't think this is a majority argument. I think a lot of people actually wanted Kyrie Irving to be higher, but I actually think Kyrie Irving was maybe more of an 88 or 89. Ooh. I, I thought I thought I you were really... gonna go the other way. I thought you were gonna say he deserves better. No, and a lot of people out there were actually pretty angry, thinking he deserved a higher rating, especially because he's the cover athlete and stuff. 
I actually don't think Harry Irving is is deserving of a ninety. I mean, he was sure his playoff in the playoffs. He 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 definitely um, made some amazing plays, but his regular season play was very inconsistent. Um, there was a lot of games where his field goal percentage was drastically low. Mm-hmm. I I. I mean, I don't think he he should be an eighty five or anything, but I think an eighty nine or eighty eight was is a little bit more realistic for Kyrie Irving. But that's but that's me right that's me right now yeah. stating my honest opinion about that's interesting. that. I think I mean he is the cover of the game too. That probably played into mm-hmm. it a little bit. Maybe maybe they tweaked a few things his way. Um, mm-hmm. and I think while it, it may be true that like he is inconsistent, maybe he does deserve to be high eighties instead of ninety. I think his superstar potential has to be one of the factors that you put into this rating you know sure sure yeah i mean i Kyrie irving is definitely can i mean his ceiling is high and he's definitely going to get a lot better this season but i mean if you base it just uh just off last season alone i don't think he's a 90 i think he's more of an 88 89 yeah (laughs) which i mean doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things like no really doesn't so moving on to this or like another surprising rating so other surprising ratings that came out is Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz came out as 80 that's pretty is that ratings. that's pretty high for rookies huh that's yeah. pretty high yes wow same as D'Angelo Russell huh yeah right same same huh. rating as D'Angelo Russell um, wow so I mean I, I I honestly think that's fair uh I mean this rookie class looks like well we, we've talked about in previous podcasts like this rookie class mm-hmm. looks like one of the best that we've seen in a really long time. I think it's just the game showing them some love as well. Yeah, it just I'm not I'm not I'm not sure if they're just the game is building around the hype around these guys cuz they're definitely pretty like their rookie status in terms of like what people are expecting out of them is pretty high at this point, especially after the summer league. But in 80 to put Lonzo Ball, I mean Markel Fultz, I think it's closer to 79, but I'm not sure about Lonzo Ball. If he should, he's deserving of a 79 or an 80. I think I would put him more of a, more of like a 77, mm. 78. See, I was, I was thinking, I think Lonzo is worth the 80 and Markel Fultz is like the 78. Wow. Yeah, just for the winner's mentality that goes with it. Yeah, I guess you could do that. I just think Lonzo Ball still has some work to do in, in the defensive area and he's also just he's such a small he's so skinny i think he's just he, he's gonna have a lot of problems once he actually gets into the into nba games staying in front of guys or he's just gonna get pushed around hmm. um, maybe but he is he's really tall though too for a point guard so that'll help him out right i mean that's a high rating for a couple dudes who have yet to play a real nba game um <laughs> i wonder what d'angelo russell thinks about this I mean, I mean you, he you're... hasn't proven much, you know. His first yeah. two seasons with the Lakers, like he showed he could score, um, and that's about it. Yeah. Do you think you take this personally if you're sitting on your couch, you're looking at Twitter, and all of a sudden you see these ratings come out, and they're the same number as you? Uh, maybe in D'Angelo Russell's case, he might have a little bit of an ego still, uh, still being super young. Uh, yeah. I don't know, an eighty. He seems fair in my eyes. Maybe in his eyes, he thinks he's better, obviously. But uh, yeah. I don't know. He might take it a little personally. He might be a little sensitive about it. Um, yeah, we should get someone to interview him and ask him. I know. Well, the good news is that these guys got a couple more weeks before they uh, – well, actually, what, a month and a half before the start of the NBA yep. season? October 17th. Yeah, push October 17th. 
Well, here's a quick fact that I just wanted to throw out there. In case you're wondering who the leader behind this NBA rating system is, it's actually a former second grade teacher, Mike Staffer. Is that? Uh, yeah, Staffer or Stauffer. Uh, one Stauffer. Or two. But yeah, like crazy story. Uh, yeah, this guy, he was, he's an elementary school teacher. And I guess there was a version of 2K that came out during the lockout year where the rookies mm-hmm. weren't included in the new game and everyone was really mad about it. And so this guy took it upon himself to make his own rating system and put the rookies in the game in his own little patch. And I guess that was downloaded by a ton of people and there's like rave reviews and everyone was like, man, this guy's awesome. And then 2K actually reached out to him uh, to be the guy behind the ratings uh, moving forward. And the rest is history. Yeah. It's... Yeah, see, I always like... When I looked at this stuff, I didn't think much about it. But um, yesterday when I was sitting there and I was seeing these ratings come out, I just sort of wondered, like, who are these guys? Like, are they because they can they they can get pretty damn close. You know, like I've never been there. Yeah, sure. There are times where I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like, why is this guy so good? But a lot of times, sometimes it has more to do with the actual game mechanics and the limits of the software rather than the rating system. But for the most part, they they get it. They get it down pretty well. And I always pictured maybe it's sort of like these ex-Google guys or like these hex, <laughs> Yeah, like, like super algorithms and whatever. Right, exactly. But it ends up being a guy who was a former second grade teacher who just kind of really loved basketball and playing NBA Live and NBA 2K. So that's cool. Yeah, I, Interesting guy. I mean, guy. he has to be super smart though. Like how, how else can you like get that rating system into the game in the first place? I don't even know how you go about doing that. Right, and I mean, he's obviously a detail-oriented guy because he goes on to say that the overall rating system isn't just a number that they decide to give a guy. It's actually, it's actually the result of multiple of multipliers and um, and all these other individual attributes that they put into a formula that calculates this overall rating number. Mm-hmm. So really, it has a lot more to do with all these other individual attributes yeah. that add up to this number. It's pretty awesome. I think like the fact that it's so in depth and like it continues to evolve is like the reason why everyone's so obsessed with it right now is like well, oh what's mm-hmm. the number uh yeah pretty cool stuff right so now let's actually move on to some hard nba news yeah. uh maybe there's a little bit of it but nonetheless it's here um so continuing on with the cleveland clavaliers soap opera of the <laughs> summer um an nba source that lebron has somehow confirmed that this will be his final year in cleveland what do you think about this? Is this bogus? Is this true? Man, that's this or... that's a so when I first saw that I was like, wow, like that goes against everything I've said on this podcast where I'm like, no, LeBron is a hundred percent staying. And actually it, yeah. it came out a few hours after that tweet that three sources close to LeBron said that that tweet about him before was a hundred percent false. So you got people <laughs> saying this a hundred percent true, people saying a hundred percent false. So I think I can still safely say stand my ground lebron's gonna stay in cleveland um yeah i don't know yeah i'd have to agree with you i mean people keep throwing around la they keep throwing around all this other stuff and there's just nothing behind it the man lebron james doesn't give any hint um i guess it's hard to say because the the season hasn't even started so i'd agree with you i think all these stories are bogus i think he's playing in cleveland and from what it looks like yeah i see no reason why he would leave yeah, until I hear it from the man's mouth himself, I don't I can't really believe just these random sources that mm-hmm. that uh you find on Reddit or whatever. Yeah, it seems like 
every day some random source says something different or just throw something else into the story. But moving on to the other side of the banana boat, oh, you got yeah. Dwayne Wade, <laughs> who is expected, which is to no, nobody's real surprise, is that he's expected to reach a buyout with the Bulls in the next coming months. Dwayne Wade, you think he's doing this? And if he does do this, where do you think he goes? Mm, yeah, I definitely... So this, I can get behind this because he doesn't really have that much loyalty to Chicago at this point in his career. And at this point in career, he wants to win. He doesn't want to be yeah. a part of a rebuilding team that doesn't even have the pieces to really rebuild yet. So I think mm. he's either going to want to look at going back to Miami or maybe maybe he'll take a little less money and join LeBron in Cleveland. Maybe that'll happen. Yeah, that that would be one heck of a team you get. If Kyrie Irving gets shipped out, you get some good piece there. You get Dwayne Wade and you, maybe Derrick Rose comes to form. Yeah, that's a good, I, yeah, that's still that's a, a really good, team. good yeah, Cleveland totally. team. Um, yeah, I, I think Le, LeBron would totally be open to that too. Yeah, but it, honestly, if Dwayne Wade reaches the bio, I think at the end of the day, I think he goes back to Miami. Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah, I'm leaning he's, he's more like, towards. Yeah, he's got to be thinking like, man, if I was on that team last year, they definitely would have made the playoffs. And, and mm-hmm. now they got Deion Waiters there and Hassan Whiteside's come to form. It's looking like a solid team, and it's and it's a East contender at this point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's very likely. Yeah. yeah. So, so here you you wrote you have a little something that you wrote yeah, here about Kyrie yeah. Irving and the Spurs. Yeah, I found I found a thread that said that Kyrie is willing to sign an extension if he's traded to the Spurs, uh, which he wasn't committing to if he was going to go to the Knicks or the Suns or the Wolves or whatever other team. So. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and the Spurs got to be excited to really hear about that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I guess the biggest roadblock there is who would you give up and would the Cavs actually want anybody from the Spurs? Yeah. Like, I mean, we've mentioned it before. Like, what the Spurs have to offer it just doesn't fit in with Cleveland at all. So you got Pogasol and Marcus Aldridge, uh, Patty Mills. Right. Like, it would have to be a combination of, like, Tony Parker – Danny Green and a few other like veteran pieces that are just on like veteran mm-hmm. contracts to like make the numbers match. And LeBron would have to be okay with like having Tony Parker and Danny Green on the team. <laughs> yeah, and that to me is a huge loss with the Cavaliers. Like even a draft pick from the Spurs wouldn't even be worth it, I think. Like as if Dan Gilbert makes a trade with the Spurs is essentially because he 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 gives up and he's just going to try to get rid of Kyrie. Yeah. But I don't think Cleveland should go for mm-hmm. that as much as Kyrie. I'm sure Kyrie Irving would love to be there. Yeah, and I saw in that but same I- article that uh, uh, it was uh, a Waj article, by the way, um, that the Cavs mm-hmm. are expected to be more aggressive in trade talks closer to the start of training camp. So I think things are going to go quiet for a little bit. Uh, we'll see if things start to pick up when training camp starts. Uh, we can start talking about Kyrie every week again. <laughs> not that we haven't right? stopped I, yet i mean maybe we'll just keep talking about him every week yeah it's, somebody keeps adding a, something else to this story but i still i still stand by that i think Kyrie irving's gonna stay in a cleveland um jersey at least up until the tread trade deadline of next this coming season i think he's gonna be there um at training camp and i think he's gonna be in a cavaliers jersey on opening day yeah i mean he has to for the 2k cover yeah he does <laughs> really um so one thing that I was that I was picking up on um 
So the one of the big things about the Cavaliers is they want a commitment from LeBron James. And depending on what commitment LeBron James gives to them is I sort of the direction they'll go with Kyrie Irving in terms of a trade. Um, and one of the things that I was reading about is that they had a, they had, a, I think they had reportedly reached out to the Knicks for a trade for Przingis. Hmm, interesting. But the Knicks refused to give out Przingis. Um, that would have been to me. I think that would have been a fair trade. What do you think? Yeah, it would have been fair. Uh, but I guess the Knicks just see a lot of potential in Przingis. I think Przingis likes being there too. Um, so I, I think there's mutual love on both sides of that. And I don't know if that trade would be straight up exactly. I don't think the Cavs would be willing mm-hmm. to say Przingis for Kyrie straight up. I feel like the Knicks yeah. would have to give up other stuff too, which I don't yeah. think they'd be willing to do on top of that. So, yeah, I, I can see I can see right. their side of it. Yeah, they would have to definitely package it up with like Ron Baker or maybe even somehow make bring Carmelo into yeah. it. Yeah, in some three team trade but- maybe. Yeah, uh, I just I don't see but, the Knicks really making much headway with Kyrie, so that would probably just still be same old Knicks. Hmm. Well, moving on to probably the biggest news of the week is the release finally of the official NBA yes. schedule. Uh, so this is such big news to me this year. It never has been before, <laughs> but I was so excited to see the schedule. I was like, oh man, where are all the big games? Who's getting the TV time? Yeah. When when are we going to watch Lonzo play? Uh, it's going to... Uh, I'm so excited. So many homecoming um, parties or homecoming booths <laughs> that are going to be given out this yeah, year. Yeah. So many superstars changing teams, especially from east to west. So there's some guys that aren't going to see their home... Cr- or yeah, some guys that aren't going to see their their ex home crowd many at least only once. Yeah, not not this far, year. not until very far into the season too. Right, so people are definitely going to be gearing up for in terms like when you're talking a guy like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is only going to go to Chicago once. Yeah, that's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's an Eastern Conference team. Yeah, a lot guy of like a lot that of these or guys. Paul George. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are just going to see their team once. Um, I mean, we can let's start listing them off from the top. So. October 26th, we have the Pelicans visiting the Kings uh, and actually DeMarcus Cousins' first game in Sacramento because they didn't play each other last year in the last half of the season in that arena. So uh-huh. uh, what do you think? Do you think that's going to be a game worth watching? Um, I think so. It'd be interesting just to see. It's an early game. Um, I think if anything, if this is a big game for the Pelicans. The Pelicans need to get out to a to a great start this year if they're really going to do something. Because I like I like we've mentioned before in this podcast, like neither me, you, or really anybody out there really has the Pelicans on the map. Um, I don't have them making the playoffs. If anything, maybe they sneak in through an as an eight seed. But if they're going to prove anybody wrong, they need to get off to a good start. And what better way to keep their momentum going than? By Demarcus Cousins going into Sacramento and having himself a hell of a game, maybe like maybe a twenty-two and fifteen game, couple Ooh, blocks in there. Yeah, okay, I see you. So on like a a one to ten boo meter, what's the what's the boo? <laughs> what are the boos like for Demarcus Cousins? For Demarcus Cousins, you know what? I actually don't hope they boo him because Demarcus Cousins was there for a long time. And he actually did a lot for the Sacramento community. <laughs> yeah. Um, he yeah, had a sure. couple foundations he court, did. Yeah, for sure. 
Right. I, I always remember this story that uh, that Cousins talked about is uh, he was actually at a toy, big toy drive that he does every year in Sacramento. And he was super mad that he had to leave that to meet with Vladi Divac mm. um, when they fired. Hmm, what was I? F- I'm blanking right now, but I forget the name of the coach that DeMarcus Cousins really loved. And they essentially fired him and then um, hired Furious George <laughs> yeah. to replace him, which is DeMarcus Cousins least favorite coach but anyways i always remember that because demarcus cousins just he went on to also just talk about how much stuff he did for the community and i don't know if you remember this but when demarcus cousins was traded to the pelicans a couple days later there was a video that came out that was surfacing on the internet demarcus cousins actually tearing up saying goodbye to Mm. a lot of uh to a lot of the sacramento king staff members and a lot of the community members that he worked with so yeah I think I think the Marcus Cousins. I think he might get. I hope he gets a round of applause yeah. on the boo meter. I'm gonna give it a maybe a two or three, a okay. two, maybe even a negative have... if you think he's gonna get cheered instead. We can go all the way to negative ten if you think he's gonna get a standing <laughs> ovation. <laughs> I don't think he'll get a standing ovation. I do think there's gonna be like half a dozen people that are gonna boo him, and for those half dozen, because of them, the boo meter. I'll I'll have it at a two right. for the Marcus Cousins. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I think that's very fair. You made some very compelling points. Yeah. Uh, so next How on the you? list, what do we you have, think uh, it's gonna? Oh, what do I think? You swayed me, man. Uh, I, yeah. I I think it's like a one on the boo meter. I think yeah. What was that? I think it's I think it's gonna be a one on the boo meter. I don't think he's gonna get booed. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So moving on, we got uh, Nets at Lakers, November third. Maybe less of a superstar matchup there. Uh, not exactly like the craziest homecoming ever. You got D'Angelo Russell coming back to Los Angeles, and and Timothy Mozgov too. I want to throw him in there. <laughs> Are you excited for this marquee matchup, Alan? I actually am pretty excited. Uh, not to boot D'Angelo Russell or anything. I don't really hold anything against the guy as a Laker fan. Um, I'm actually just more excited to see the Lonzo Ball D'Angelo matchup. I think these are, regardless of the fact that D'Angelo used to play for the Lakers, I think this is a good matchup. You got two young point guards um, who still have a lot to prove in this league going at one another. So I think this will be a fun matchup, especially because the Nets aren't really a super competitive team and neither are the Lakers. (laughs) So this might actually be one of the most competitive games the Lakers are going to (laughs) have that won't result in a blowout. I think especially early on as the young guys get their groove going. Right. Yeah. So in terms of the boo meter, I'm going to put this as at a low three too. I think there's going to be some people that boo, but the majority, I don't, I wouldn't say we'll give a round of applause to D'Angelo. I think it will be fairly neutral. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any boos. I don't think any fans really cared that much about D'Angelo Russell being there. They definitely are mm-hmm. glad Mozgov is gone. So I'm going to give it like a negative, uh, like a negative three. <laughs> They're going to cheer. They'll be like, yes, you took these guys away from us. Thank you so much. And then the Lakers are going to go on to win by like 20 points. Yeah, true. I can see that. I can agree with that. Yeah, so so this next right. so this next game we got on the schedule, um, I don't think it registers on the boo meter at all. No homecomings or anything, but 76ers at Lakers is the first time Markel Fultz faces Lonzo Ball. Uh, how excited mm-hmm. are you for this matchup? I'm actually pretty excited for this one. Um, aside from Markel Fultz versus Lonzo Ball, you got to. I'm really excited to see Ben Simmons Ooh, really yeah, and yeah and Julius Randle, and like I said, the kind of. Well, not like the Nets, but this is a little bit 
a different side, but this will be a really competitive game for both teams. But I think it's it's good to see two young teams really go at one another. Um, so I think it's going to be an exciting game. And in terms of the boo meter, I'd say I just put it as oh, yeah, it's no, fairly yeah, neutral. This, There's nobody really to boo at. Yeah, this is one of those key games, not a homecoming. Just um, you got the top pick and the second pick going after it, uh, seeing who's really worthy of that first pick. Um, I, I, I don't know. The 76ers seem to have more talent than the Lakers at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. like the Lakers are looking like Lonzo Ball's their best player, whereas you don't really know who's the best player between Fultz and Bede and Simmons and even throwing Dario Saric in there. Like they just, they got some really right. great young guys. So I think it's a little bit of a mismatch for the Lakers here, but I mean, it, it'll be a, about a month into the season. Maybe they find their stride. Maybe there's some injuries. Who knows? Hopefully there's no injuries. Right. though. I want to see all these guys play. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially what I'm really hoping for is that the 76ers get their healthy as well as the Lakers. And I just really want a good game because like you said, yeah, on paper, it does seem the 76ers have a little bit more experienced guys on their roster. They got JJ Redick on there. They got Dario Saric who's been playing now for a couple of years. Um, so on paper, it looks like the 76ers should win that game, but I really hope the Lakers find their stride and make that game one hell of a competitive one. Yeah. Well, it'll be at Staples uh, I, Center, I, so that'll help them out. Yeah. If, I, if I'm Lonzo Ball, I'm definitely circling that game. If I'm Brandon Ingram, I'm circling it as well because you're going up against guys that could potentially be... I mean, if you're gonna if you want to be a superstar in this league, like there's going to be a guy in the 76ers that's going to be a superstar rival of yours. Yeah. So. Cool. This, but this next matchup, this is one that's going to be. I think it's going to be rocking Big the time. <laughs> Oklahoma City visiting the Indiana Pacers in the Fieldhouse. Oh man, December thirteenth. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be a very competitive game. No. I think the Thunder <laughs> are going to blow out the Pacers well into halfway into the into the second quarter. But nonetheless, when that starting five is being introduced, I think that boo meter is going to be a uh, a ten. And it's Ooh. only because we can go and we because you set it at ten, but yeah. it's going to be knocking that thing to break it. <laughs> it wants to hit eleven, man. <laughs> yeah, it wants to hit eleven. Yeah, I think. I think Paul George is going to hear it from that Indiana crowd. I mean, basketball is everything in that state, and they mm-hmm. love their Pacers. And uh, for Paul George to go out, and especially saying that the rumors that he wants to go to LA, LA being essentially the opposite of a place of like Indianapolis in the state of Indiana. Yeah. I mean, he is already, yeah. yeah, like during the season, it, there was already these rumors about leaving. And you're already, like, you hear that from your superstar, you're already feeling a little wary about him and then well now that he's mm-hmm. actually gone and now he's coming back to play against you that that's when you really bring out all the stops you're gonna see signs of people coming up with clever ways to make fun of him uh so many boos definitely a 10 trying to knock down the ceiling oh man mm-hmm. it, it, yeah that'll be the most entertaining part of this game though i agree yeah, I think, yeah, by the time you hit the seven-minute mark in the second quarter, <laughs> the score's going to be like, the OKC's okay, so going to have like a 20, 25-point lead. Oh, man. Not very competitive at all. Yeah, for sure. So why don't you tell us about this next game? This next I know game. you're probably excited oh, yes. for this one. Yeah, thank you. January 15th, we have the Houston Rockets visiting Los Angeles to face the Clippers. Chris Paul's homecoming. The team that loved him most. 
This is going to be crazy. So this is going to uh, be one heck of a game to watch because unlike OKC at Indiana or at the Pacers, this is actually this could actually be a competitive game. And January 15th, I mean, records are starting to round out by then. Um, the Rockets could essentially be already be either the third or the second seed and trying to solidify their place. The Clippers, I could see them maybe hovering around six um, and every victory really being huge for them if they want to break into the top four. So I think there's going to be a lot riding on this game for, for both teams. So I, I think that's going to equal out to a really, really competitive yeah. game. Um, and it's going to get personal out there, I, I think. I think so. <laughs> yeah, Blake Blake can take things very personally. And Chris Paul's as gritty as they come. So while they probably still are friends, they're not going to be friends on the court that day. There's going to be some shouting. Right. There's going to be some flopping. There's going to be maybe maybe a, something. someone throws a punch. I don't know. Um, it's going to get gritty yep. out there, though. Yeah, and an underlying theme here is also Patrick Beverly mm. is going to go up against, yep. I guess, his former mentor, big brother or brother and James Harden. Right. And he's probably going to get stuck with that assignment at certain points yeah. throughout that wow. game. Yeah, that's so crazy because, like, yeah, you have Chris Paul from the Clippers shirt, but you have, if the team stays together, you have all Pat Beverly, Sam Decker, and Lou Williams that were all in the Rockets. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be a pretty interesting game. I'm really looking forward to it. And honestly, on the boo meter, while I would expect to be really upset to see Chris Paul play against us, I don't think he's going to get booed that much, honestly. Wow. I think it's going to be like a six. A six? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was going to say an eight. I don't think it's going to be roaring, but I think you're going to see a lot of signs out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I think people are going to boo. But there's going to be, you're going to hear some, I think, some applauses here and there. I think the Clippers might even throw try to throw in a tribute video, but I don't think people are going to really be digging it. Oh, no, that, that would wouldn't not be surprised. Really well. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers try to attempt that. And, yeah, and I also think, like, I think Doc Rivers will give Chris Paul his hug. I think DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin will probably give a high five. But I think once the game start, starts going, I... I think things are going to get pretty feisty. Yeah. And like I said, they're going to get personal. Yeah, these guys are fierce competitors. That'll be a really fun game to watch. Maybe I'll even try to go to it. I don't know. Uh, definitely looking <laughs> forward to that. That'll be one heck of a ticket. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on, we got on February 9th, the Timberwolves visiting the Bulls. Um, Not very competitive, it's going to seem. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler nope. going back to Chicago. Um. Should register on the boo meter a little Richter scale. What do you think? Yeah, it should. Honestly, I think this might be the homecoming that I'm least excited about. Yeah. I can see I, that. I'm just not sure. I feel like Jimmy Butler didn't really go out the way that Paul George did. Like, Paul George has had the rumors circulating him for all these months. Whereas Jimmy Butler was just kind of there, and it kind of seemed like he didn't refute the the trade rumors he was just kind of like well if it happened it's kind of like he was kind of like nonchalant about it like oh if it happens, yeah, he, it happens. He, he was traveling abroad wasn't he like when the trade happened wasn't he like hanging out with joy yeah. wade in italy or something right so and i mean yeah sure jimmy butler was a superstar in chicago but he definitely did it i felt like he, comparatively to like a guy like demarcus cousins or paul george he wasn't he didn't really do too much for the chicago bulls like he wasn't there when Der with like when the Chicago Bulls were a championship contender with Derrick Rose and right. Noah, like yeah. he wasn't there. He was always just sort of 
on the Bulls when they were hovering around the seventh and the sixth seed. Right. So I think on the boom meter, I think this is going to be a, a six. Yeah, I, I was going to say like a five. Like they're they're going to be upset that they lost their best player and that they suck now. By February 9th, mm-hmm. you're going to see them with like a, a 20 and 40 record. <laughs> but like, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, the Wolves are definitely just just going to stop by and get collect their W. And the Chicago Bulls are they're definitely not going to be playing for much at that point in the season. Nope. Uh, but this last one could be the marquee homecoming that we would be waiting for the entire season. We got yep. the Boston Celtics going to Utah to face the Jazz and Gordon Hayward returning to this town that loved him and now hates him with a seething passion. Right. This one, like the like the Thunder at the Pacers, this one's going to rock the boo meter. Oh my gosh! I think this is, lot... if this if the other one was knocking on the ceiling, this is this is an eleven for sure. <laughs> you really think? Yeah, Utah's just gonna just, just really has got no love for uh, Gordon Hayward. No way, dude! Did you see the reactions from people after that trade? Yeah, oh, it was insane. I did. Yeah, I I think um, see Paul George isn't like. I mean, he played with some of those guys on the Pacers for a couple of years, but some of those guys are gone now. Even like Monte Ellis is, I think he left, and Jeff Teague's left. So the pay, the actual Pacers team doesn't have much against Paul George when he visits there. It'll be more the fans. Yeah. But Gordon Hayward when he when he goes back to Utah, it's gonna be his teammates and the fans. Yeah. I think Rudy Gobert <laughs> is honestly not happy about it. I think Ronnie Hood is is a little upset about it. Totally. Um. Derek I think Favors. his coach might be pretty neutral about it, but Derek Favors, those guys, I think they're pretty upset that he left them because they had they had built something special there from the ground up. Yeah. Um, and obviously Utah fans are just gonna are gonna be booing the heck out of him. You're gonna see signs as well. So like, yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. This thing's gonna be hitting, breaking off the boo meters, breaking off to try to get to eleven. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Like Utah fans are low key probably the loudest fans in the NBA which you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. cuz it's just the jazz but they've always been like this even back to the Darren Williams Carlos Boozer days i remember like energy solutions right. arena they were so loud i couldn't believe it uh yeah they yeah, just it... they have so much energy and it's they've had no better reason to cheer as loudly as they can than Gordon Hayward coming back and playing against them Right, and I love that this game is like sort of like in that second half of the season. Mm, yeah, because I think the Utah Jazz might be one of those teams that could essentially sneak into the playoffs. And by this date, you will know that. And if they are there, they're going to be playing this game with everything they got. Because by this point, every win's probably going to be huge for them. Um, and the same thing with the Celtics. I think at this point, they're probably either in they're either holding the first seed or they're holding the second seed. So they're trying to beat out Cleveland. So this is going to be a competitive game for both sides this late in the season. Yeah, a lot on the line. Oh, it's going to be real good. Yeah, and also like adding to the point where you said uh, back in the Darren Williams Colors Boozer days, I do remember the way that Utah crowd like reacted to Kobe when the Lakers would play yeah. them in the second round. Mm-hmm. They had signs. They were booing. <laughs> they were chanting Kobe. Like, I think it's going to be at that level towards Gordon Hayward. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like the fans have more to cheer for this year than ever. They have so much to prove. 
now that they're arguably two of their best players, George Hill and Gordon Hayward are gone and everyone thinks mm-hmm. they're going to fall off, man, they're going to come back with a vengeance. And I'm really afraid for my bet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so picture this. So say the cable cutters come into your, into your house and they're like, Sean, this is it. We're cutting your cable. You're not allowed to get <laughs> oh, it anymore. Dude. But they're like, but we'll let you watch one game. Which is the game that you're look that you're gonna say that you're gonna tell Comcast, hey man, you can't cut the cut it on this day. I need to watch this game. Oh my gosh! So this is this is an interesting question. Um, if I wasn't already trying to go to this game, this would be the one. But if I don't get to go to this game, it's opening night for Lakers Clippers. <laughs> Lonzo Ball's yeah, first yeah. game, Clippers brand new team. Both my favorites. Let's just go see. Let's go see what they can do. Wow. I did not expect to, to hear that from you. I thought you were going to say Houston at Clippers. Nah, like, I mean, I don't. So you really want to see Lonzo Ball. I would rather Ball. watch two of my favorite teams mm. than watch the Rockets. Oh. Like, I hon- right. honestly, the Rockets Clippers, it could end up just being disgusting. You know, like maybe the Rockets yeah. just end up blowing us out. But I feel like. Lakers Clippers opening night is going to be competitive. It's going to be surprising. I we don't know what to expect. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of mystery around it, and I'm really yeah. excited. And I, we're we're trying to get tickets. We're trying to get tickets to that game. Yeah. We're gonna try to do it. Yeah, I mean you got to be there. I mean you don't know. There's just a couple, lot of questions like how is Lonzo Ball gonna play? How are the Clippers going to morph together? What is LeVar Ball going to say? Right. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be – and the and the whole place is going to be electric. Oh, it's it, – yes. So uh, I, think you'll, you I want... think you'll agree with me with this point I'm going to make. It's very controversial okay. that I'm both a Laker and a Clipper fan. Would you say that that's usually yeah. not okay on either side? I would say it's yeah. I mean, it would depend to the degree of because I mean, there's definitely people out there that that are like from Southern California that are kind of like, oh, I just like the team that's winning, right? So they'll shift. <laughs> so I think it can be controversial, but because you're actually knowledgeable and you are a Southern California native, sure, I'll give it to you. You can you can be both fans on both sides. I think that's because we're <laughs> such good friends. But most people I talk to, they're like, wait, you like the Lakers and the Clippers? And they're like Lakers fans, like, no, you can't like the Clippers. The Clippers suck. So, <laughs> but so here's what I'm thinking of doing if we do get tickets to this game. I'm thinking of getting a Lonzo Ball jersey, cutting it in half, and cutting my Blake Griffin <laughs> jersey in half. And I'm going to stitch them together and create the most. Oh my God. The, the, an abomination of jerseys. And everyone <laughs> at that game is going to hate me. But I'm really yeah, rooting for both but, teams. Oh my god! Are you gonna cut it like, like the bottom half, or are you gonna cut it like split down like, the middle, like right down the middle? So I'm like, oh, so I'm like Griffle, you know, or like, or like Baffin. So like, if somebody's sitting t- onto your right side, they're gonna think you're a Laker fan, and if they're sitting onto your left side, they're gonna think you're a Clipper fan. Yep. But if they're staring at you right in front, you're they're gonna be like, "What the hell? This guy has two different <laughs> right? jerseys on." Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. It's oh, a master plan. That's hilarious. Dude, Why if, can't you just I, wear a Clippers hat and a Laker jersey? Because that's not as fun. Dude, if I if All I right. did that though, would you want the other halves of the jerseys? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I am a Laker fan, and strictly L L A Lakers. Oh, okay. L A Clip. I, I respect the Clippers. They've built a franchise, and since once they got rid of Donald Sterling, things have changed. But I respect them. But still, I I am a diehard Laker fan. All right, that's fair. So, I'll, I'll, but to I'll, I'll get you back on topic. So, what game are you looking forward to the most? Yes, and this is what I wanted to get back onto. So <laughs> the game that I'm actually looking forward to the most is I actually want to see Warriors versus OKC that first matchup. Ooh, that yeah, I that will, be a good I one. I cannot wait for that one. I'm not sure what the exact date is on that one yet. Um, probably just need to look it up. But that's the one I want to see. Kevin Durant visit this newly formed OKC team. Uh, like, like I was, like I had mentioned on another podcast, I think OKC might have the best defensive backcourt in the NBA right now. Um, you got Russell Westbrook guarding the point guard position. You got Paul George guarding either the two or the three, and then you have Andre, Andre Robertson as well. Um, and I, I just, I want to see that. I want to see Russell Westbrook chasing around Steph Curry, Andre Robertson, Paul George getting in Durant's face. Uh, I think that game is going to carry a lot with it as well. And things like Russell Westbrook is just such a fierce competitor that I think things might will also get personal again, just like their other the other matchups they had last year. So Golden State OKC is slated for November 22nd. November 22nd. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, a, is that before or after Thanksgiving? Uh, I think it's right before. Well, there you go. It's an early Thanksgiving gift. Yeah, right there, there you go. Yeah, but that is. I agree. I think that's, that's going to be a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole new, a whole new uh, round for Russell Westbrook to try to get his revenge on Kevin Durant. Right, and it's a, it's going to be like a real homecoming, welcoming to for Paul George. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be like a serious matchup. Like, is OKC seriously going to be considered a, um, you know, a championship yeah. contender? Somebody that could maybe knock off the Warriors. A lot of it's going to fall onto how Paul George plays. I mean, we all know what Russell Westbrook brings to the table. Right. So we'll see. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Totally agree. So here, so let's round out here the teams that actually got the most national TV coverage. The Warriors, no surprise, <laughs> got 31, 31 games on national TV. The Rockets, a second with 28. Okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers, third, 27. Yeah. OKC tied with Cleveland with 27. <laughs> The Celtics with 25, and here's the surprise for you. Maybe not. The Los Angeles Lakers with 23 national oh, TV games. Oh, they're back. They're back. It's time. Laker, I, Lakers show time is here. It's always funny to me, regardless of how bad the Lakers may be, they always get more. They always get a, a large amount, more than fair, of national TV coverage. Like Just to put it in perspective, the Lakers have more national TV games than the Clippers, the Wizards, <laughs> the Timberwolves, the 76ers, the Blazers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. All teams that are expected playoff contenders. And the yep. Lakers are expected to be like a 10th or 11th seed. Right, so I think the team that is most comparative to what the Lakers will finish record-wise this season, uh, I think would be, let's see here, Probably the closest one, the Phoenix Suns and the Detroit Pistons. Oh. I think they they will have a similar record, and the Detroit Pistons have four national TV games, and the Suns have four. So the Lakers Man, have four. more than oh. have more than three times the national TV games than their closest counterpart. I think. So I mean, I think they'll be better than the Suns, but I think more than anything, this 
unfortunately speaks to how big Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball, that whole Ball family is to the Lakers. Like, look how successful they're making them without even proving anything yet. Right. Yeah, 23 games. How many games do you think the Lakers would get on national television if they had Markel Fultz instead of Lonzo Ball? Um, I don't think it would really be that. I think they'd, they'd be at 19. Oh, uh, so you still think it'd be pretty high? Yeah, I mean, judging from last year, last year they, they got like around 18 national TV games despite... But having I mean, nobody, despite them not having <laughs> having nobody, <laughs> yeah. without having a good quality product out there, it just speaks to sort of like that Los Angeles brand that they've now that Laker brand that they've yeah. built. I mean, I mean, there's fans all over. It's so crazy. Which, which I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, which kind of, yeah, it's awesome if you're if you're a Laker fan. But I can definitely see a lot of people why they're upset about this, and that brings us to the to our other question: Who got snubbed off this national TV schedule? Yeah, well, we see at the very bottom of the list with. Zero. Zero games. How sad. The Nets, the Magic, and the Hawks. Did they deserve this? Yeah. Is this is this is this something they deserve? I mean, I, w- <laughs> I would say the New Jersey Nets, yeah, they do. They're they're terrible. They've ran their team horribly. They got a bunch <laughs> of new parts coming in. Guys that I mean, aside from D'Angelo Russell, I'm not sure what the ceiling is on any of those guys. Uh the Orlando Magic Mm. I felt I'm like they sure get the like one. I feel like they deserve one. You got you got yeah. some athletic guys on the team at least. Yeah, I will say I'm surprised the Atlanta Hawks got zero nationally. Well, who do they who do they even games. have anymore? I didn't realize like how bad the Hawks really got. Yeah, like, they, they lost all Paul they have is Schroeder. Yeah, they have Schroeder. They lost Dwight Howard. Yeah. Yeah, they don't even have anybody anymore. They're just like a really boring team. But they, have the, apparently they're going to have a really badass stadium. They're going to have like a bar or something in there. Oh, really? Oh, that's like, cool. Like a, well, you got you to bring in the revenue some other way if, if your players aren't going to bring it in for you. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I mean, they got zero, but honestly, I don't – I'm surprised the Hawks had zero. I thought they had maybe had a bigger fan base than what they apparently have. Yeah, but I think the real snub is actually the Milwaukee Bucks with only ten. That is pretty surprising. Like ten is Ooh. not a lot for a guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who could potentially be the best player in the league in a few years. It's very possible. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at it, and it's I'm sort of surprised. Like even the Timberwolves and the Seventy Sixers have more games in them. And don't get me wrong, like these are good teams, but the Bucks have Giannis, who is a, who could easily be like the third or fourth best player in the game. Yeah, like heading into yeah, this like season. last year and this year, like Giannis has been one of the players I most look forward to watching. Like, cause right. he's just such a strange talent. Like you don't really see, like on a on a regular basis in a regular game. He's just he's very transcendent. Um, just the right. way he plays and like how different he is than everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. Just seven foot point guard. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Right. So, I mean, looking at that list, I was actually surprised the 76ers had 14 games. I thought I would, if I could make this schedule, I think I would switch those around. Put the, put the bucks at 14 and the 76ers I mean, at 10. I mean, Embiid, it's all Embiid. He's another generational talent and the most outspoken guy on that team that really put the 76ers mm-hmm. on the map at all. Um, 
just like with his antics and like having fun, trust the process, all that stuff. And right. And he's super good. So if he's playing, people are going to want to watch him. Right. I guess we'll see. I mean, hopefully the 76ers are actually put together something pretty special this season. Uh, I mean, I won't lie. I'm excited to see Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz, but I think I would trade that ticket to see Giannis play against the Cavaliers on national oh, TV yeah. and see them see them play against the OKC. Yeah, definitely. I agree. But so bringing this podcast full circle, uh, mm-hmm. there's one guy on this. There's one team on this list that I think deserve a little more national television time because we don't get to watch 82 games of them anymore. And it's the Chicago Bulls and David Nwaba only getting one nationally televised game. So by Nwaba going to the Bulls, instead of seeing him play 82 times, I get to see him play once. Well, maybe you can convince Cal Poly to get like a special special licensing rights to his games or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I like where your head's at. <laughs> I know you love David Daw, but the reality is the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna celebrate every win that they get as if they've won, <laughs> they've won a national title because there's not going to be many of them. I know, I know. They're going to be popping champagne bottles for the 13 to 20 wins that they get this yeah, year. Man. I think they're going to hit rock bottom. Yeah, they'll be looking for those lottery balls. Yeah. Well, there's the NBA schedule for you guys. We broke it down. Um, Heading into our final thoughts, here's an interesting thing that I saw. Dante Jones. I'm not sure if you know Dante Jones. He's one of the guys who got randomly teed up. Yeah, one of those Cavs guys, right? right? Yeah, one of those Cavs guys that didn't play, but somehow on his stat line, he ended up with one technical (laughs) foul for speaking against during one of the final. I think it was game three. Oh, yeah, he played like one minute, right? Yeah. Or no, he wasn't even playing when he got the technical oh. foul. He was yelling something from the bench. Yeah, yeah. And he got okay. teed up. So that being, that's his claim to fame in the NBA Finals. But anyways, <laughs> this guy comes out and says that Steph, he doesn't consider Steph Curry a top 10 player. And I just wanted to put this on final thoughts because I think that's ridiculous. I'm not sure who gave this man a platform <laughs> or why this even blew up. Because Steph Curry is a top 10 player. In fact, I think he's like... I would put him maybe the sixth, seventh best player. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Dante Jones, I, I think he's just a little mad about the finals. I mean, obviously, all he did was get a technical foul in in the mm-hmm. finals. So, yeah, sucks to be him. <laughs> right. And then, well, did you have anything else to say? No, no, that's it, man. That's that's all I got <laughs> to say about Jones. Dante Jones. That's all we'll ever yeah, say about I... Dante Jones. Yeah. Anyways, moving on from there, we started this podcast talking about LeBron James. I kind of wanted to just close it a little bit with LeBron James, uh, mainly because so this weekend I thought it was really cool. He held his um, annual foundation event where he gets together the all the twenty the two thousand and three hundred kids from the Cleveland area that he pledged he would pay their four year their four year college, um, and he gets them together and he he basically rents out the entire Caesar Cedars Point theme park. Twenty three hundred brings kids? a kid. Yeah, 2,300 kids. Oh. Over $80 million he's essentially just giving away to these kids. I mean, I think this is a huge storyline that didn't really get talked about very much, but I think it's it's a really cool thing that LeBron James just goes out there and does this for kids. Um, and he rents out this entire theme park. He brings all these kids in and their families, and he just gets them all together and just spreads positive positivity, and they have fun or whatever. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I just, I just wanted to... T- 
just mention that because I feel like LeBron James is sort of like this player who's not only at the top of his game, but he's also a really giving guy, and he's he's pretty positive, and he gets a lot of flack from a lot of people. Yeah, that's super cool. Uh, funny, this actually reminds me of an Office episode I just watched recently <laughs> where Michael Scott, when, like, back, like, before the show, he uh, promised a bunch of third-grade kids in this classroom oh, right. a, a college tuition, <laughs> and then now they're grown up, and then he has to go to the classroom <laughs> and tell them that he's not paying for their college. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's and so then good. he ends up giving them a, a computer battery, yeah. right? A laptop <laughs> Yeah, battery. first he has this big luggage bag, and he's like, no, I can't give you college tuition, but like he starts talking about laptops like he's going to give them a laptop, and then he's like, you're going to need yeah. to recharge these things with the battery. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but I'm, I, I, I think I think LeBron's gonna actually come through, unlike Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, but there's so there's another cool thing that happened at that event. J.R. Smith came back out shirtless. Oh, and I, did good. you see? You saw the video? Yeah, right? yeah. I, I saw the video a little bit before the podcast. Ah, uh, that's great. I love that <laughs> he's still going with that, and that you can buy a J.R. Smith shirtless shirt. <laughs> how awesome is that yeah and sales were probably dipping man. yeah people forgot people forgot that it came out last year he had to remind the people that his shirt's still around right shirtless jr it's still here <laughs> but um well that's all we got for you guys um i hope you enjoy and don't forget to subscribe if you want some more of your weekly nba news straight from us any other thoughts you have sean nope thanks for listening guys have a good week Yep, and we'll go ahead and close you with uh, this um, this exchange that LeBron James had with shirtless Jr. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. I love roller coasters. Alright, we're going to hop on in, man. Hop on in. I love what you're doing with these kids, though. That's amazing. I appreciate it, man. All of them, man. Just like us in the gym, we put in that work day in and day out, and this is the results of it. So, uh, you know, one step at a time. Let's get this thing going.